0: Come to your little town, sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my
1: victim. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I'm joined by fellow podcaster and horror fanatic, writer for The Geek Show, host of the Road to Nowhere podcast. Please welcome my friend, Andy Connor.
0: Evening, Austin. How are you doing?
1: I am doing great. Today, we are talking the 2021 Instant Classic by horror virtuoso James Wan, his masterpiece Malignant, and of course the villain icon of that film. How do how else do I introduce him than motherfucking Gabriel? <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. So, so swearing's okay then. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh yeah, swearing is fucking okay.
0: <laughs> fucking magic.
1: <laughs> the way yeah. I look at it is if we're gonna be talking about decapitations and gore and blood, I'm okay with saying shit and fuck. <laughs>
0: exactly. There you go. And me being Scottish, we <laughs> swear quite a bit. So that's quite handy. <laughs>
1: Well, you're you're in good company here. (laughs) I do want to take the time and let everyone listening know if you haven't already seen Malignant, pause this, come back, watch Malignant. This is going to be spoiler heavy because you can't talk about Malignant without spoilers. Yeah. And as one of my favorite just twists in any movie, we will be spoiling this movie hardcore. But yeah, if you haven't seen it already. Please do. And if you don't, and you get spoiled, I told you, we warned you.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's your own fault now.
1: <laughs> so, fair warnings have been placed. Uh, before we talk about Gabriel, I mentioned you are the host of the Road to Nowhere podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Um, yeah. So, we like I said Road to Nowhere podcast. We cover mostly sci fi, horror, and comic book movies. At the minute, the kind of, the part that's taken the most focus has been our kind of subsection directing all where we invite a guest on to discuss one of their favourite directors and three of that director's movies. Recently, I've just uh, recorded an episode with Rebecca McCallum, who is part of Ghouls Magazine and uh, Moving Pictures Film Club, and we spoke Hitchcock. It's not out yet, but it'll be out soon. And yeah, that's kind of what we've been focusing on with the the kind of bread and butter episodes We pick Now I'm terribly explaining this We <laughs> we pick a, an actor Or actress from the previous movie And look at their back catalogue And then pick one From that <laughs> So the last episode was uh, That we recorded was Mask of the Phantasm uh, The Batman Animated show oh, uh, cool. Movie sorry And then we picked Dick Miller from that And Dick Miller is also in Chopping Mall so <laughs> the next episode we do is chopping mall and then from there i can't remember exactly where it is but we've got like a year's worth of rundown um just because it's easy to rhyme off episodes there's things like escape from la and n- not always the most beloved movies um <laughs> we we discussed body bags a 1990s uh, john carpenter tv movie that starred mm. mark hamill and yeah it's, i think it's like six degrees of kevin bacon is the kind of closest <laughs> thing i can think of to describe the the kind of process of it but yeah as i said it's it's good fun
1: it is i've i've heard, i've listened to a few episodes and mm. uh it is a lot of fun and i love that you mentioned dick miller because one of my favorite movies of all time is gremlins mm. which he is uh mr Futterman. <laughs> so yes. i always got to. <laughs> I always got to give a shout out to that when given the opportunity. But he's an he's beloved. He yeah. he's good.
0: He's been in especially in your eighties and nineties, early nineties. I think the the standout for me remembering him is possibly Gremlins too. I think when he goes to does he go to New York And one of the Gremlins? He's already traumatized from part one. Yeah. And the Gremlin <laughs> flies off of the. The building and attacks him, and he's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake! I tried to get away from this." Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a an icon, and there's so many movies you can you can cut. In fact, I don't know if you know the the Dead Meat podcast. Mm-hmm. Their intro music actually, I think, ends on one of his quotes from Chopping Mall. Find it. Yeah. who did this a dead meat. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, he's a he's he's brilliant, and Chopping Mall is what it is. <clears throat> Excuse me sorry um chopping Mall is what it is it's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination but it's it's a tight 80 minutes
1: <laughs> i i'm fine with it i actually coincidentally re-watched it two days ago
0: <laughs> oh, oh, did you enjoy it oh i loved it yeah it's um it's an experience <laughs> it's very 80s it's yeah. like yeah like the kind of 80s where you were worried about the terminator <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, uh, not even my defense um i'm just gotta admit i'm still worried about the terminator that mm. never went away for me <laughs>
0: yeah that's fair i recently saw there was a video on twitter about a small robot that can melt itself to get through gaps and then reforms over the other side why would you make that, that? is that is the Terminator! Oh my god! It's the 1000 It doesn't yeah. fall apart between the bars, but it melts down, crawls through and becomes big again. It's crazy.
1: Oh my god! Why would you? Yeah. You're right! <laughs> Why would you do that? And it's like, with the emergence of like AI art and AI writing, mm. like, we are just making Skynet. Pretty much.
0: Have you seen the AI uh, Family Guy uh, intro? No so it's it's an ai has made a family guy tv show intro as if the people were real as if as if the the griffins and all that are real people so it's totally reimagined how they look and it's done like an 80s kind of sitcom 80s 90s sitcom but it's not like it's incredible to look at obviously the thing with ai is the fingers like they have like 10 fingers and things like that on each hand but the actual whole show uh, the whole intro is it's scary
1: yeah for like we're fucked (laughs) we are fucked uh you you should have picked the terminator for this episode (laughs) Mm. but uh uh but um (laughs) oh my sorry i made myself laugh a little too much it wasn't that funny but um (laughs) But um, we are. We will be talking about Malignant. But before we do that, how long have you been a horror fan?
0: It's quite a tough one because I, I know when I was younger, I remember being very scared of even the old VHS posters of things like Pennywise. I did see Predator 2 and Terminator when I was quite young. And I love them from the off Predator is obviously. Maybe not great, but it is what it is. So in terms of that, yeah, maybe quite early doors, maybe seven, eight, nine years old. Full blown horror ghosts and shit like that. Not until I was late teens. It was quite um lightweight, if that's the best way to describe it in terms <laughs> of dealing with my horror. Um but since then it's just became a kind of if not a passion, certainly a a very intense hobby. Um <laughs> watching watching horror movies. And I think it's certainly it's a genre that well, it gets shot on by things like the Academy and people who think they're filmmakers, obviously you can't see me. my ear quotes there. Um, it's a genre that certainly defies what people think of it and have their ideology of it. And it, it, it's, it's something that can morph itself to encompass how we feel at the time. And it's always been like that. It's always been, whether it was in the nineties when it was cheesy horror, with things like The Wishmaster mm-hmm. to The knots, uh, especially after 9-11, where it was angry and violent, and then into the 10s and now into the, the 20s, where it's maybe became a bit more fun again. But yeah, it's it's a, a love that has developed and changed and morphed over time the same way the genre has, really. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Because uh, if you want to go uh, backwards from the 90s, like the 80s, I think horror was at its most splattery.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because uh,
1: I mean... there is a fun to it. Like we talked about Shopping Mall, and then you get movies like The Thing, you get the dominance of Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. Yeah. The 70s feel to me like art house horror almost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was the 70s was kind of, yeah. I can't remember, it was Rosemary's Baby, maybe the 60s. Um, I think
1: Rosemary's Baby was like 68, I think you're right.
0: Yeah, it was obviously the 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 years that gave us Michael Myers, and, but that was when Michael wasn't what we know him to be now. Um, right. It, it was maybe more, the 70s were certainly, it was almost like it was finding its feet. Like you had things in maybe like the 40s and 50s, you likes like Peeping Tom and Psycho and the... Almost like kind of testing the water for horror. Mm-hmm. Night In- of the like, Living Dead. Yeah, Night of the Love and Dead. In terms of the type of horror we know it as now, um, the 60s and 70s were a lot more experimental, um, as we said, with Rosemary's Baby. Um, and then it wasn't until the 80s when it found its mass appeal, maybe? Um, yeah. The best way to describe it. Yeah, the 80s was where it became what we now know and love has had many iterations since then um, but it's, it's where it found it's probably its own voice if, if if that's the right way to describe it
1: I think you're right because like in the 70s I think the 70s is where you get the greats the goats of horror you get Jaws, mm-hmm. you get The Exorcist and Halloween and Black Christmas and The Omen and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien and, mm-hmm. but in the 80s you get all of horror, like yeah. good or bad, that was horror at its arguably, arguably its most dominant.
0: Yeah. The 70s as well was when it was fairly politically charged, I Yeah, um, Like Last House on the Left and Craven spoke about how that was kind of his reaction to the Vietnam War because what we were seeing on the telly, of what we were seeing, obviously, what people were seeing on the telly was horrific and he almost saw last house and left as a, a response to that real life tragedy um and then as we're saying the way it developed over the years after 9 11 everyone knows where they were and the response to that was torture porn and extreme violence and mainstream horror in mainstream cinema things like Hostel, things like Saw it was when it became yeah like a, it was like an angry generation now Saw their outlet to react to what had happened and what we had seen on and happen in the real time yeah
1: because uh,
0: because in addition to like Saw and
1: Hostel in the 2000s you get Final Destination which that series is a lot more fun but there's still yeah. kind of a nasty mean spirited mean spiritness to the final destinations. You also get the remake trend where Michael Myers is back, Leatherface is back, and you get all these remakes, Prom Night, Black Christmas, Last House on the Left got one, My Bloody Valentine. They're all much gorier and much more mean-spirited than what they came from.
0: Yeah, it was the Platinum Dunes era, wasn't it? The Michael Bay moneymaker. Um, We got Freddy and we got Jason as well. That was maybe thirteen, fourteen, or something like that. Twenty thirteen, I can't remember exactly. But yeah, and we had, we had Jason as like a grizzled war veteran, right. if I remember correctly, in the first in, in the Friday Thirteenth remake. Yeah, it was it was a it was an angrier time, and as you said, like one of the things with Texas Chainsaw is people know its reputation before they know the movie. You watch Texas Chainsaw; it's all about what you think happens. There's yeah. very little on-screen violence. There's very little blood it's an 18 but i think if you were to release it just now if it got a financial backer you would be looking at maybe a, a 15 so for yourself maybe like a, a pg-13 at your side of the pond that like we have 12 15 and 18. i don't think it would be an 18 now in, in terms of that because it's there's been a lot worse um oh yeah there's been a lot more a lot more violence and rob zombie gets somehow backed <laughs> finance <laughs> and yeah and we had uh, rob zombie telling and his michael tale, which was michael was a victim of child abuse and needless add-ons to kind of subtle classics right
1: and um that was definitely an era of we're gonna show you everything like anything and everything yeah because uh i don't think people talk about this movie as much anymore but i think it's from The same time as the human centipede, and that got people angry when that came out. Yeah,
0: (laughs) have you seen that?
1: I saw it once while I was in high school, and I Mm. remember thinking to myself, Oh, I mean, it was gross, but like, is it worth like people trying to boycott it? It was just a gross movie. Like,
0: (laughs) it's not anywhere near as bad as it gets made out to be. Like, it's it's not good. I mean, it's gross, it's still gross, (laughs) it's uh, it's minging, it's pretty dirty. It's but. Comparing it, I mean, you compare it to part two, which is one of the most vile things I've ever seen on screen. I've not Um, seen part two. I've only seen the first one. (laughs) It is is horrific. It's it's the nastier, dirtier, scuzzier older brother of the human centipede, and there's a lot of infection. And Uh. it's based around someone who's obsessed with the first movie. Okay. Who wants to make their own human centipede, and he's this horrible wee guy. Like uh, it's really bad And it's not nice to watch it So I I ended up watching it for An episode of ours actually Directing over episode because One of my guests picked it, uh, Mary Wilde Who's a Freudian uh, Psychoanalyst and She looks at Freud, she looks at cinema Through the lens of Freud Oh that's cool Yeah she wanted to discuss the human centipede trilogy (laughs) (laughs) Like I appreciate people have their likes And their dislikes and that's fine It wasn't for me. And number three is just fucking nuts. (laughs) The things we do for our art. (laughs) Exactly. You've got to do it. It's got to be done, unfortunately.
1: (laughs) If someone ever picks it, that's going to be my time to watch it. But I'm going to take your advice and not watch it before I have to. (laughs) Good luck. It sounds like, uh, by your description, it sounds like uh, The Human Centipede 2 is the movie that people thought The Human Centipede was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Like he tries to make, I think, a forty person centipede and he kidnaps a pregnant woman. He there's a scene in which he attaches something onto his dick and then, and then rapes someone. Um, so they're both in pain. Um it's a horrible, horrible movie, like really horrible. Like very hard for me to get through. Um and the there's like yeah. Kidnaps a pregnant woman, the pregnant woman escapes and gives birth on the floor of a car, and then because she's so desperate to get away, she crushes her baby's head under a car and under a accelerator. Like it's it's horrendous. It's really, really awful. And and discussing it isn't as bad as even watching it, and it sounds bad enough.
1: It sounds bad enough. Yeah. Yeah. So onto malignant. a very different movie
0: yeah very different that was a nice segue though nice well done
1: we're uh uh as podcasters you got to take the opportunity <laughs> to have like the i i don't know why i just loved like the opportunity presented to myself it's like there's nowhere to go from here so i'm gonna do the most abrupt transition i can
0: i mean <laughs> uh, how do you transition from, I mean, there's, there's dead children or babies in Malignant, so that's, that's,
1: yeah, yeah, okay, uh, we're officially in Malignant spoilers now, so, <laughs> but um, Malignant's not, uh, in my opinion, a nasty, mean-spirited movie, I mean, there's great gore in it, and mm-hmm. there's some nastiness to it, but it's yeah. fun,
0: yeah. You're 100% right with that. It is an yeah. absolute blast. It is, it's one of those movies that it seemed to divide people a little bit from people thinking, I, I, I don't think folk necessarily understood it initially when it came out. Right, I have, agree. it was trying to be too serious, or they were maybe taking it as being serious, but it's absolutely not. <laughs> Like James Wan has clearly went to Warner Brothers and said, I have made you $1 billion. Making <laughs> now I want to do this. And they went, okay, there you go. There's 30 yeah. million. That's 30 million and go and make 400, 500 million of Malignant or whatever it would have been.
1: Yeah. And it, like, um, I love that you bring that up because Malignant is James Wan's movie between both of the Aquaman movies. Mm. And that first Aquaman made over a billion bucks. Mm. Um, the second Aquaman, I think, is going to make a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially so, it the, last kinda, the last DC and its current iteration. So this
1: $40 million you put into Malignant, even if Malignant doesn't make that money back, you're making more than enough with Aquaman 2, and you yeah. made more than enough with Aquaman. Like, give James Wan a blank check, let him do his weird little movie, and he's going to make you a bunch of bank. That was smart by Warner Brothers, I think.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: Big picture. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's kind of similar with um, Cameron. Like Mm -hmm. The the latest Avatar seems to be making a lot of money now, and he could have turned around and said, he would have turned around and said, I want to make Avatar 2, and I want it to be three and a half hours long, which I think the new one is. I've not seen it yet. And Warner Brothers would turn around, or... Whoever it was, Fox had—I I, I don't know who.
1: I think it's it it's Fox and Disney now. But. Disney,
0: so yeah, of course. And they could, they would have turned around to him and says, "No, we don't want a three and a half hour movie." And he would go, "Okay, then I just won't make a movie. <laughs> like right. I don't need the money. I don't need to tell the story. I don't need to make you money. But unless you let me have that three and a half hours, it's not getting fucking made." And then they went, "Oh." shit <laughs> here's your three and a half hour movie then here's your 500 million pound budget or whatever it's going to cross over the crazy amounts of finance behind uh, the way of water um and it's very kind of similar ish not saying james one is james cameron but there are similarities with what they're able to do now because of the success they've had
1: I think there's a lot of similarity now that you bring it up. I mean, the first Mm -hmm. one that comes to mind is they're both named James, which I think is funny. (laughs) Especially with Way of Water coming out and then James Wan doing Aquaman. Like, they both Mm -hmm. get their starts. They both get their starts from humble means, right? Mm -hmm. Like James Wan did uh, with Lee Wanel Saw, which... I'm pretty sure all that budget went to Danny Glover. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he must have done that. And then, yeah. And he then, which just spawned another multi-billion pound franchise. And it's incredible the amount of money that guy's made. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> right? And then, and then James Cameron started out doing art design for Roger Corman films. Art, yeah. yeah set art, set design for Roger Corman films. And then he gets his start with Piranha 2.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he uses that to uh, get a bit of leverage to meet the Terminator. And exactly, yeah, weird sci-fi horror movie at that time. Yeah, but yep, quite similar actually. And then they both fell back into water. <laughs> as yeah, as you, as you
1: did. yeah. James Cameron loves water because mm. with the Abyss and uh, Titanic, Titanic. Yeah, and he Way also water. goes on
0: pays for his own expeditions into the Mariana Trench,
1: isn't it? Oh yeah. But yeah, I'm just realizing they both, cause like they both had their really fun, kind of silly action movies. James Cameron with True Lies, mm. and uh, James Wan with Fast, uh, Fast and Furious Seven. Yeah, and then yeah, they both have their crazy sci-fi fr- um, or horror franchises. And uh, James Cameron has the Terminator franchise. Yeah, James Wan has a bunch of horror franchises I That's think the, I think the one thing James Wan never did that James Cameron did was James Wan never stepped into someone else's franchise whereas James yeah. Cameron made Aliens
0: yeah yeah and the whole story about Cameron walking into the studio execs and writing Alien and then putting an S and turning it into <laughs> a dollar sign and he was right <laughs> yeah, for like, yeah. me, it's the second best sequel ever made after Terminator 2 and another one that Cameron's involved in. I mean, he's just a money making machine, but one has he's got the clout now, he's got the ability, he's also got, I think, a really great horror mind. No matter what you think of the Conjuring movies, I certainly think the first Conjuring is a great ghost story, the first Insidious is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then varying degrees of success with them. Things like uh Annabelle Creation is good, but I don't I'm not a massive fan of the other Annabelle movies or even mm-hmm. the of Insidious following on. Part two was okay. But yeah, he's got a he's got a great mind for tapping into people's he's a he's a master of a jump scare, I think is something yeah. To see as one. Yeah. Especially maybe not so much in Malignant, actually. I don't think it goes for jump scares. Too often, but, but but a lot of these other franchises. And it would not surprise me if we saw a malignant two as well. I think that made a good a good chunk of money.
1: I hope we get a malignant two, mm. but yeah. I I also don't need a malignant two. No, malignant has already took its place in my canon as the movie that when I'm with a bunch of friends and we have a couple brewskis or or drink of choice mm-hmm. and someone says i want to watch something weird and fucked up (laughs) i'm always like oh we're going with malignant yeah as horror fans we have to remember not everyone has the same like (laughs) threshold for weird and fucked up so some people might think weird and fucked up is uh like fucking martyrs and then other people might think weird and fucked up is like you know Hocus Pocus kind of gets under my skin. So I think 13, Malignant... <laughs>
0: Thirteen ghosts is crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, I think Malignant is one of those sweet spot movies because mm. it's weird, it's fucked up,
0: but it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's one of the best experiences I think I've had in a cinema in recent times. It was kind of in that weird period of things being half open for a few months, mm-hmm. I think when it came out, and I was the, when I saw it in the cinema, I was the only person there, which was great, and yeah. I was audibly laughing during, it. especially at one particular scene in a in a police station. It was just it is it, exactly what I wanted from it. exactly what i needed from it when i went to watch it it was it was more more wild than i expected actually to be honest (laughs) i never never envisioned how it was going to go how the the twists and turns that it does take i didn't did not see that but it is um without going into straight away spoilers it (laughs) it appealed to it appealed to the the kind of freddy fan in me where okay when when nightmare goes daft stupid like yeah (laughs) Like that kind of level of fun when Freddy becomes more of a caricature of himself, for better or worse, but it kind of appealed to that that aspect of me.
1: I love that you say that because I'm making that connection now that I haven't, con- I haven't made that connection before. Mm. To me, Malignant just kind of felt like that, that movie I would put on with my friends in high school or college uh, where it's like, hey, what's a weird movie we can all just and 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 like to me it reminds me of a movie when you're flipping through the channels late at night and you're halfway through and you're just like what is this what am i watching
0: <laughs> why is that person's face coming out the back of someone else's head
1: exactly <laughs> and, and why are
0: he now controlling <laughs> that body
1: right and like why did he punch through that woman
0: <laughs> why not that's no yeah exactly why not it's not why. It's why not. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think James Wan was sitting and he was writing the script, and then he was sitting with my B's editor, and the editor said, "Why is he punched through that woman's face?" And James Wan turned around and said, "Why not?" <laughs> that
1: that's a perfect way of saying it. I remember saying to one of my friends when I first saw, "I'm like, it feels like where James Wan could have went for the best choice, he went for what's the most insane choice I could make right here." Yeah.
0: Yeah. And people touched on it as being like his his kind of ode to Jallo and Argento and things like that, and I think that's been mm-hmm. a bit too simplistic. Like there is elements of that. There is a person in a black coat who you can't see who has a pointy thing, which is a lot of Jalo. It's a lot of um, stabby stabby. Um, yeah, but. I think they just describe it as an, an homage to, to Jallo Cinema as doing it a bit of a disservice. Like, it's cheesy. The, the, the dialogue in it is so over the top, so ridiculous. I think the first line that really stood out was in the kind of prologue, and it's, it's time to cut the cancer out. And the camera, like, <laughs> close yeah. in, zooms on the doctor and an angle, and then the big score of, uh, where is my mind? The kind of edited where is my mind from um, the pixies comes in, <laughs> You're just sitting going and obviously that's given the, the the kind of hint towards what's to come. But at the time, I didn't have, whereas where is my mind? Didn't even click with me at the time. But <laughs> it is, um do you know what it feels like? Actually, it almost feels like a TV movie. Okay, I
1: feel that. Yeah,
0: in terms of the writing, but done intentionally. Like it's intentionally made to be not bad but hammy. Like, you watch soap operas, you watch Dallas, you would see some lines for Dallas coming up in Malignant or vice versa, like, shit like that. Just absolutely over-the-top, gonzo nonsense that if it was on during the day and you were in from work, you wouldn't bat an eyelid at it, you wouldn't even watch it. For this, it works perfectly because it's not taking itself seriously.
1: And I love that you say that because the line I think of when I think of this movie is the whole
0: Sydney i'm adopted and then the crazy yeah. zoom in push <laughs> in yeah <laughs> and that's the way that was the first time i noticed where is my mind actually the, the orchestral version where is my mind so yeah why is that so oh why is that so ridiculous we don't really know much about this character just now right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and... yeah those those the exact similar type of line delivery um, I think oh God, I forgot her name now. But yeah, I perfect um lined out of livery from just so I get the IMDB up. <laughs> Annabelle Wallace. That's who it is. Oh yes, yes. And I mean, she just—they all know what they're doing in this movie. That's what's great about it. Like when right. uh, when Madison's in the in the hospital, and her sister turns up, just dressed like Cinderella, <laughs> right? <laughs> Casual dressed. Oh, I, I do children's parties. That's fine. All right, okay. There you go. That's on Just ridiculous scenes of it turns out the whole thing that uh, Madison's mum's getting kept in her own loft. <laughs> right. How do you not? shoot <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> oh my goodness i think to bring back to a point we were talking about earlier where not everyone got the movie and i don't mean intellectually i i don't want to imply like oh you didn't like it because you didn't get it i don't i don't think that's what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. but like there's a certain sensibility or a feeling with malignant where if you're not if your tastes aren't aligned, you're gonna think this movie's dog shit. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you go into it expecting some highbrow experience, a twenty-four kind of Ari Aster style,
1: or even just the Conjuring, like yeah, the Conjuring took yeah. itself way more seriously than Malignant does.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was something that maybe the. The marketing didn't do very well. They seemed, it didn't seem as if they knew how to market something that was so kind of OTT. Um, and I think that kind of was reflected in some earlier reviews, maybe. I think if you go in, maybe if you'd had a couple of weeks to kind of lie on it and had heard some fan reaction like horror fan reaction you would have understood what you were going in for you were getting in for something along the lines of freddy krueger picking someone up and saying it's prime time bitch yeah <laughs> the, a telly. or welcome to prime time i think it is maybe you're going in for those levels of ridiculousness with a wee bit more gore
1: and speaking of gore the police massacre scene where gabriel mm. truly reveals himself and if you haven't noticed, it's all the spoilers now. Well, you've had your warning at the beginning of the episode.
0: <laughs> nice, exactly.
1: Yeah, the police station massacre where Gabriel murders every woman <laughs> in the holding cell Yeah. in the most horrifying, grotesque, awesome ways.
0: <laughs> it is brutal. It is fantastic. Um, I think... Sorry. No, When you go.
1: I think... James Wan is showing he can put his action film chops on a horror setting. Yeah.
0: Something you don't really see. No, um, it's not not something you see a huge amount in horror movies. Um, That was a really well-directed scene, actually. And it actually got the biggest laugh out of me. That scene where the two police officers start running away and Gabriel just launches a chair at them. yes it was like something out of tom and jerry <laughs> right <laughs> it them both out somehow and <laughs> knocks them both out like how does that happen doesn't matter that's just what happened and how ridiculous it is as well because they've got like a a mask of annabelle wallace on the back <laughs> it just, yeah just doesn't even look good it's like so <laughs> like it just looks so ridiculous and it just works though, like in terms of the the whole film. And as you're saying, it's a really violent scene. That's where we first see Gabriel. Which, in terms of a twist, I did not see that at all. I thought it was going to be like a, a, a unknown brother or something like that, not mm-hmm. a, t- a face in the back of her head. It's well, it kind of
1: just... it kind of plays with the supernatural for a while. Yeah. And you think it might be, especially knowing James did did uh, fuck it. What's it called? Oh yeah, Insidious in The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Like, there's you go in knowing James Wan's work. It's like, oh, okay, it could be an, another ghost, another demon movie, whatever. And it's not. There is yeah. no ghosties or demons. It is something incredibly something I've never seen.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, it starts as you're saying with that weird supernatural stuff. Like, he's eating the electricity. How? doesn't matter you're just eating electricity right <laughs> like they just that's randomly dropped in at the start he can talk through radios apparently why doesn't matter he can talk through radios it's cool. <laughs> it it's cool exactly james one has made a movie that he thinks that sounds like that would be fun to film that sounds like it would yeah. be an absolute balls to the wall i think it's maybe 100 minutes maybe 110 10. Just of people, he he felt like he was making a movie that he would want to sit and watch for the first time, yeah. And he went with everything that he wanted to with it. It was just like, yeah, the supernatural stuff. Obviously, the fact of, I mean, I think if you watch it, I think you see everything in the opening credits. I think everything is pointing towards Gabriel's in the back of her head. And when you watch it back again, obviously, at the the point where we see it's time to cut out the cancer, and you see Gabriel in his kind of malignant form or whatever you want to call it (laughs) to think back on it to think how the story goes at the time it feels really obvious watching it back but even then like they're not they're not um shoving it in your face you just see this weird thing through some tarpaulin and it turns out it's on the back of your main character apparently (laughs) it's just it's just absolutely fucking nuts and i genuinely it's one of those movies that i would love to watch again for the first time. There's only a couple i really feel like that like maybe Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, yeah, um, Avengers Endgame, uh, The Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises and Malignant because it's just yeah.
1: what to expect. I 100% agree with that because like it's one of those movies that blew my mind. Mm. Like because i'm just like what the fuck am i watching? And why is it my favorite thing right now?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Like that.
1: <laughs> Something I would love to know is mm-hmm. your opinions on Gabriel as a horror icon, because I think, I think should he get a sequel, he's going to be part of the new wave of horror icons mm-hmm. uh, with art, the clown and, uh, <laughs> Aster from Orphan and Pearl from the Thai West movies, Axe and Pearl. Uh, what do you think of Gabe, Gabriel? I almost call him Gabe like I know him. <laughs> like he's a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, we, we go grab a drink every week or something like that. Hey, Gabe. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, what do you think of Gabriel's chances of being a true horror icon?
0: That's quite a tough one, actually, thinking about it, because... For me, he is up there with as you're saying, I think Pearl's gonna be one of those Pearl's easily cosplayed. I mm-hmm. think is is quite a, a certainly the younger version, the mere goth version is a, a kind of twenty something. I think I hope so. I hope it get I hope that he, she, he dunno, he we say he forget. It. <laughs> it's hard to
1: say because
0: because yeah, he doesn't have. He's only really got Annabelle Wallace in his genitals,
1: right? But there. But are yeah, they? Is, is he's like he's just a face.
0: <laughs> a monster. Um, let's yeah. just say he for for talking sake to distinguish between yeah. the two, the two people. Um, I th- I think he hopefully will be. The only issue is is he going to live up to as you're saying those franchises like art the clowns now a franchise he's just right. probably going to get a terrifier three no matter what you think of those movies it's the kind of the little movie that could oh it's um,
1: definitely getting a third one 10 million yeah. off of 250 grand 250,
0: like yeah <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, but it's going to get that um but then looking at your your bigger franchises i mean with the the return of ghost face in the past couple of years um will it go down that iconic route i don't think so because Ghostface is everyone. Ghostface can be anyone, um, and everyone knows Ghostface. Exactly, yeah. At the clown is supernatural in elements, but again, a lot more recognized That's a thing. The thing I think with Gabriel because he was unrecognizable for the whole—not the whole movie, but like kind of three quarters of the movie. Didn't really see Gabriel. It, it would be cool to see him become. A massive icon i think it will be spoken about in horror circles really well but i don't think he will be like kind of permeate the culture um and a uh, mainstream to the same levels i think also the way that the kind of character the way he is in terms of his movements as well are quite hard to replicate because it was done by contortionists i think wasn't it, it was right. walking backwards and things like that and as cool as it would be i mean what are you going to do for a gabriel set up, apart from have long hair and a black jacket, and then you've got to try and work out the rest of it, kind of <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the back of the head Um as much as I would love it, I don't see it really catching on to a level that even a Freddy like Freddy Freddy masks were readily available, yeah, I, I don't see it to be honest, it's quite disappointing thinking that actually, I never really thought of it that way I think it would be incredible to see that but I don't, No, generally I, I don't, even like Pazuzu from Exorcist, everyone knows what Pazuzu looks like, because it's a flash for three seconds in a movie. And you tell someone who's certainly maybe versed a wee bit in horror, who's Pazuzu. Oh, that's that creepy bastard for The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> if you asked Gabriel, uh, I think it would be a wee bit tougher for some folk. What do you think?
1: Um, I think he has potential. I don't think he's one of, like... Michael My- Myers is an instant icon from the first yeah. Halloween, right? Yeah. And he got blessed with multiple upon multiple sequels, all the timelines. Leatherface, I don't think, becomes an icon without his sequels. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if it was only the first one, I don't think Leatherface becomes the beloved character. I just think that movie will would would just stand on its own, kind of like mm. a Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. But... It's hard to say, because Jason didn't become an icon until the mask. second or third or fourth. Like, he didn't even really appear the until the second one.
0: Yeah, I think the third's when he gets the hockey mask, isn't it? Don't you think he gets it the second, does he? I think he gets in the third. Yeah. So, the hockey yeah. mask, yeah. yeah. So, that's that's a couple of movies down the line. It's the sack in the second one, isn't it? It's the just a sack he's well. But then you look at things as well, like Damien. Damien's known but is he an icon i wouldn't say so
1: right I, he he might be a horror icon in the sense that the horror community yeah. knows him but yeah. i think i agree with he wouldn't be a main he wouldn't be mainstream like michael jason Freddie ghostface chucky chucky was an instant icon yeah. i think chucky would be an icon if he didn't have if he didn't have the tv shows and the sequels and you know
0: the- but he did have all that Everybody
1: yeah. knows Chucky. Chucky might be the most famous. No, I think Ghostface is the most famous horror icon. And it's all mm-hmm. because of the mask. Everyone knows that mask.
0: I had it when I was in high school when you couldn't even watch the movies here. For I, too young. I You've had it right ready? there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what the Ghostface mask done. Like we were twelve, thirteen years old, and we would have a a scream mask. Um, and the Ghostface thing's really strange. Like I don't think he ever really gets called Ghostface until the four or maybe yeah. the third. It's a really strange kind of retconning of the name. Um, but yeah, as you're saying, yeah, like Chucky things. Like that. I mean, we are at a point now of recording. There's a new horror icon. It's Megan, right? It's and Megan new. was an instant icon. Exactly. Like you would see Megan everywhere. And again, my wife yeah. is not a horror fan, but she asked me. She's, have you seen Megan? Uh, uh, no, I've not seen it yet, but I do intend to see it. I've seen it now, um, and that because pair me to horror, it didn't, wasn't just yeah. horror; it was pop culture. Megan was a pop culture icon, not a horror icon.
1: No, you, no, you're absolutely right. Megan might be the most famous icon, and I didn't even mention her <laughs> <laughs> of like Certainly the current generation.
0: Time, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Um, God, I try to think of the past 10, 15 years. We didn't have that many icons yeah, recently. Billy, Billy from Saw, maybe Puppet,
1: maybe. Everyone knows Billy the Puppet. So yeah. I, I'd get i give you that. Um, because not everyone knows Jigsaw. Every horror fan knows Jigsaw, but I don't think yeah. Jigsaw himself is transcended pop culture. Yeah. Art the yeah. clown, kinda hit mainstream yeah. but yeah. that was more like the word of mouth like if,
0: if you ask someone who <laughs> <isn't, sorry. laughs> if you ask someone who isn't a horror fan who Jigsaw is they would probably point to Billy yeah and that's a kind of yeah that kind of switch over of cultures um maybe it, the Darth maybe... Maul from Insidious maybe <laughs> did you just call him Darth Maul yeah <laughs>
1: I call him that all the time. That made me so... You just made me so happy. I call him Darth Maul all the time. Yeah. He is Darth Maul. And I'm like, I'm so glad that I'm not the only one calling him that. Because I know he has, like... I know he has, like... A name. A name, but it's Darth Maul.
0: Yeah. That maybe Because even your other horrors, like um, Hostel, didn't have anyone recognisable. Saw, apart from Billy this is billy in the first one yeah is he right yeah he's uh, in the first briefly one briefly though isn't he but then it becomes more of a a part of the sequels and then i mean we had the the prometheus promethei and then which... covenant just brought back <laughs> the xenomorph so the xenomorph
1: was the, <laughs> right the xenomorph was always the face of that i i mean hatchet had victor crowley but hatchet it's not mainstream
0: no
1: (laughs) i love those movies but i I think victor crowley would probably be like the only icon original icon from that era and even then like i don't think those movies ever cracked true mainstream
0: creeper maybe keepers creepers
1: oh I i forgot about him
0: yeah, but again, he, we kind of don't talk about him now because of that guy yeah. is a horrible bastard. Who right. <laughs> money. Maybe, oh God, what was the one I was thinking of? The guy from The Gallows. But He was kind of Jason part, uh, from Friday 13th Part 2. I'm pretty sure he had a sack okay. on And he hangs people. He's actually on my T-shirt. One of these things is on my T-shirt. But um, Oh, nice. I can't remember his name. But again, it's something that I can remember as a character. But again, not... Ghost face levels. We're not talking right. that level of of character. And I think a lot of the things over the past 10 years has been based around found footage of ghosts. Paranormal activity doesn't have a visually stimulating character. Um
1: right. And then like God, the Baba Duke kind of is a iconish. Yeah,
0: maybe, yeah.
1: I don't want to count Pennywise because Pennywise yeah, is a pre-existing. Right. I love the Bill Skarsgard Pennywise. And he Mm. is an icon. Yeah. But I consider him older
0: because of when, yeah. Yeah. And Tim Tim Curry's Pennywise, definitely. Oh, uh, yeah. Especially because it's that kind of 90s TV, I don't want to say shitness, but... (laughs) (laughs) The best writing, let's just put it that way. And and, and, and an element of TV that you wouldn't get, an element of a character you wouldn't normally see on. TV even then other right. TV and movies telenovela almost like the kind of uh, but anyway sorry I'm just, I'm <laughs> just m- m- mumbling to myself
1: um but yeah for the 2000s and the 2010s I feel like there weren't really any icons being made just yeah. icons being recycled yeah. or um the movies just not needing icon because like Final Destination was huge
0: yeah. The closest yeah. thing
1: you have to an icon is a glorious cameo by Tony Todd.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was, as you're saying, it's the um, it was the the decade of the of the remakes, right? Um,
1: oh, Samara. Yeah. Yep. Samara's from that era. Everyone knows mm. Samara. So one,
0: wasn't she? Yeah, Samara probably. Would be quite a good one.
1: But uh, 2002, that, that's a 20-year-old movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. so we're looking at uh, maybe, but it's all, it's its struggling to come up with. Even in some great horror movies from last year, like Barbarian, The Mother, it's not particularly, as much as Barbarian was, a, I think, crossed cross genres and crossed uh, the culture. The character isn't particularly standout-ish. You wouldn't dress right. I, I generally think it comes down to costume, and it comes down to how easy it is to replicate. A lot of that comes from what can be, uh, what can be replicated. I think,
1: and I think another part that we haven't really touched on is like merchandise, particularly mm-hmm. action figures. Yeah, I think that's where Gabriel could potentially get his way into icon status, because that would be such a fun figure to have mm, yeah um like twist like, heads and all that. <laughs> exactly so maybe that's how Gabriel gets his end I've seen cosplays in like Halloween costumes of Gabriel online mm-hmm. but you're right it's not something where where you go trick-or-treating and you see a Michael Myers like every other block
0: boiler suit and a white mask it's easy isn't it like exactly plastic knife <laughs> And I mean is Gabriel does Gabriel have a Funko pop? <laughs> not yet. <laughs>
1: but when he does, that'll help his uh icon cred. Yeah. Oh, Should hopefully. he get one? I think Megan's gonna get one.
0: Oh, if not already, she'll she's well on the way. Yeah, as yeah. you're saying, yeah, just that kind of instant recognition of Michael of Ghostface of because if someone was in the distance dressed up as Ghostface or Michael Myers, you could see that's Ghostface, that's Michael Myers. Right. If was in the distance dressed as Gabriel, you would go, why are they done up like someone from Van Halen? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I want to make a small amendment to what
1: I said. I think Ghostface is the most recognizable, but Chucky might actually be the most famous because while everyone knows the Ghostface mask, I don't um, think everyone knows Ghostface like i think you show someone that mask and a lot of people be like hey it's scream
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah 100% so, chucky uh, yeah the good guy there's don't.
1: no mistake in chucky <laughs>
0: no yeah definitely that's a, that's, a, that's a good shoot i think he's so marketable isn't he chucky like yeah. as a as a as a a character he's very good yeah and
1: definitely. i also might not be given michael myers enough credit because michael myers still brings in all the money yeah and everyone I mean, knows michael myers name so exactly. yeah it could be mikey my <laughs> my i didn't
0: see that actually in one of your earlier episodes <laughs> it's the thing with michael now i love the 2018 bloomhouse one mm-hmm. i thought it was a great return to form it made michael scary it made him powerful yeah and then the other two happened.
1: I liked Kills. Really? I will defend Kills.
0: <laughs> right, You're... here we go then. Because
1: <laughs> so... ah. here's my thing with Kills. It had the energy of malignant.
0: <laughs> okay. just right, right. not the execution for me. <laughs>
1: fair. That's fair. I For ah. me, Halloween Kills had the energy of malignant, the feeling of Halloween's four and five, right, okay, with... Yeah. The nastiness and brutality of the Rob Zombie Halloween movies.
0: There was a lot of brutality in it, actually. Yeah, there was. There was good, All three of them have had good kills. Yeah. Kills, I was just so disappointed, especially after the start, especially mm-hmm. after how much I loved 2018 and then just the, the massacre of the fire crew. I was like, yes, I'm right in for this. And then they started the chant. Evil dies tonight. Dies tonight. tonight. How about you fuck off and die tonight? You're doing my tits in. <laughs> it was-
1: I-, I do agree. There are some missteps in Kills. I'm not trying to say it's no, like I- a great movie or anything, but I like it. I'll stand by it.
0: There's nothing. Uh, there's there's no wrong opinions. Ends, have you seen that?
1: I have seen Ends. I can't <laughs> right. be as nice about it. <laughs>
0: no. I like the fact that they tried to do something different. I could respect it. Yeah, they obviously clearly tried to do something different because they made the title card like uh, Season of the Witch, the same colours and everything that we used. But especially after setting up, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis at the end of Kills has a whole speech. The Mori Kills the stronger he becomes. And I thought they were gonna lean more into four and five and six and the weird cuss and the supernatural stuff.
1: And yeah. I was like,
0: yes, I'm. I'm you know what? I'm fine with that. I'm happy for Michael to be actually supernatural. Lean into that as much as you want. Go full on Gonzo, 100% on board. And then they went, actually, no, he's a recluse who lives in a sewer and eats rats. And you was sitting going, but why? <laughs> like, Right. You've just literally seen him massacre a whole group of people without batting an eyelid. He's killed Jamie Lee Curtis, his daughter, and then you've went five years later and he lives in a sewer and there's this wee fucking weirdo who's now the bad guy. I know what they were trying to do. I try trying to say the first one was the trauma of Jamie Lee Curtis. The second one was the trauma of the town of Field. and the third one is the legacy of evil. Didn't work. And they just t- shat the bed with... F- in the nicest way possible, they shit the bed, <laughs> and then they went, "Oh fuck, we need to have Michael versus Laurie at the end of this for five minutes." And then yep. that was it. And it was just, don't build up Michael at the end of kills to be this unstoppable evil who becomes stronger the more people he kills. To then say, "No, no, he lives in the sewer. It's just it didn't. It was, oh, fucking so bad. I'm and if, it again,
1: <laughs> if you like Halloween ends, it's perfectly fine. You're not wrong. Opinions course, don't fine. matter. Like I <laughs>
0: we're mean, all. <laughs> my opinion is you're wrong, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but it's fine,
1: movie. you know. I think I think people are being too nasty about it. Where it's like this is the greatest movie I've ever seen, and you're wrong if you don't like it. It's, or you're dumb if you don't like it. It's like okay, that's a bit much. And then there are some people who're like that's the worst movie I've ever seen, and you're wrong if you like it. And it's like that's also a bit much. Like, and I didn't even like the movie, but I'm just like I've seen far worse movies, and I've seen far worse Halloween movies. Yeah, it's, it's so, uh,
0: what do you call it? It's the social media age, isn't it?
1: Yeah, everything has to be the best or the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, like you can't see sometimes-
0: the DC movies whether you liked them or not. And I had a, a lot of time for the DC movies, but they all went, oh no. We need the Snyder Cut and I'll really like Zack Snyder's Justice League I thought it was very good very much enjoyed it wasn't exactly what I wanted but it was good but I'm also not in the cult of everyone's bad because they don't put out Zack Snyder's vision why why does that matter he got right. a movie that had Wonder Woman and Batman in it it was shit get over it and then they got the version that you did want but now you don't want that you want the verse now after they moved on to the Snyders, cut, they went to the Snyder. Oh, we need to reinstate the Snyder verse. Why? He told his story. He's not going to get his third part. Get over it. Henry Cavill's no longer Superman. Spoilers. But, <laughs> like, once they get what they want, it's then a case of what else do we want now? And it's this. It's kind of somewhat how I was with Halloween Ends and the Halloween trilogy, that, that it wasn't what I wanted. And I... Judge the movies or what I wanted, which is never the best way to judge something.
1: And something that's kind of my philosophy, I guess, Mm -hmm. is I have no problem sharing my opinions with friends or on a podcast where you're coming to me. So if you're listening, you somewhat care about what I have to say. (laughs) Exactly. But I'm not ever going to be too nasty about a film because films are really I don't don't care if it's the worst movie I've ever seen. Someone put their heart and soul into that. And it just didn't work for me coming as someone who makes films. Also, it's really hard. So (laughs) so I try not to be nasty or anything. And I I just don't put anything on Twitter unless I like a movie. If I Mm -hmm. like a movie, I'm usually like, hey, I liked it. But yeah, it's hard to say what the current icons are especially mm-hmm. because the past icons are back and they're back stronger than ever like michael myers say what you will about halloween ends yeah we already said a bunch about it <laughs> it is what it is it's, michael myers it, it, is still the guy
0: yeah and as you're saying being a, a man that makes movies yourself how difficult it is like you don't want any shit on something like there's there's been a lot of good indie coming out just now, indie horror wise, and one that's been getting a big lot of hype recently has been Skinamar Inc.
1: Oh, I
0: saw that. No, yeah, but see, I did not like it, but I appreciate what they were trying to do and I don't want to be too negative on it, but I really didn't like it. But then at the same time, I'm glad they made it and everyone should yeah. watch it type of thing. I
1: I think it's a pretty good movie. I also didn't like it. I don't mm-hmm. intend on ever watching it again but fair I enough. can't say I can't say a movie's bad when there's a jump scare so good it actually caused me to kick the fucking air in front of me like when a movie activates my fight response <laughs> yeah. it's a good movie that's fair <laughs>
0: enough yeah yeah
1: I just think a lot of people including myself didn't know it was experimental going in
0: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that was. I, I kind of knew, but I just wanted a wee bit more from it. But I understand that it's always subjective when you're watching a film, and it just wasn't for me. And I appreciate the, the filmmakers' attempts, and that a lot of people seem to love it. And the more indie horror that gets made along those lines, the better. Exactly. Um, and there's one coming out soon The Outwaters, there was Terrifier. It's good having your Blumhouse, it's good having your Megan. But it's also good to have the weird stuff. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And like, if you make an experimental movie and everyone likes it, you
0: didn't really make an experimental movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's. They've got what they wanted out of it, really. They've got that polarizing opinion, and it seems to be there's no middle ground on *Skin marink It is. There shouldn't be.
1: I mean that's the thing with the experimental, right? Like you're gonna get all sorts of opinions on it, and they're all gonna be very strong. If you make exactly. a good experimental movie, which is why I'm like, I think it's a good movie, and I didn't like it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Spot on. Um, like I'm it. glad. I'm glad they made that movie too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was good.
1: Oh yeah, I think this is a malignant episode. Um. Yeah. Some movie. Yeah, so we like our divisive films. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think time will tell whether or not Gabriel becomes a horror icon. I would yeah. love to see it, at least to the point where there's Gabriel action figures yeah. or Gabriel merch. Or Funkos. <laughs> exactly. Because like from, from 2022 only, I think the icons that have the potential for merch would be Pearl. yeah. Yep, I 100%. think maybe the grabber from the black phone
0: mm. Oh yeah definitely that's very that mask easily. I don't think
1: he'll break mainstream but he's definitely horror icon
0: yeah I mean all you need is the mask and that's yeah. how easy yeah, to to replicate
1: I don't think you see a lot of him halloween trick or treating but I think you'll see a lot of him at horror conventions
0: mm-hmm. yeah so yeah.
1: I think he has potential to be a niche icon and then I'm hope this is just me hoping, but I'm hoping that uh Gordy and Jean Jacket from Nope kind of become like monster icons in the same way as like the werewolf or from American Werewolf or the xenomorph from Alien or right, Bruce okay. the Shark. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping Gordy and Jean Jacket some especially I can see a lot. In my head, a lot of really cool artwork based off of Jean Jacket.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Without shitting on it, um, I did not get on board with Nope. I've only watched it once though, so it could be one that I need to go back and watch again. Um, like us, as the first time I saw it, I really didn't like, and then I rewatched it and I absolutely loved it. So for me, us is Peele's best movie. I prefer it to get out. <laughs> so Nope for me yeah I wasn't a fan but it could be one of those where it needs to stew a little bit because I didn't know what it is maybe it's one of those where I was expecting maybe a wee bit more horror less Mm sci-fi um the scene with Gordy is terrifying like and brilliant um the other stuff I wasn't I wasn't huge on, but it could be again yeah as I said um the jean jacket stuff um it, it, it could be a grower, maybe. Is the best way to describe it.
1: <laughs> well, I, I hope that uh upon reappraisal it you view it much better because that was one of my favorite movies of the year. But right. I admit, I gotta admit, I wasn't as hot on it um when I first watched it either.
0: Okay. Right, okay.
1: It yeah, was so one of those be. uh we were talking about this before we started recording, but a movie that I love, very divisive, Star Wars The Last Jedi. I mm-hmm. didn't necessarily care for it when i first watched it same thing with nope but i stayed up all night thinking about these two movies and i was like oh i have to see this movie again immediately i did Mm -hmm. and then i love both of them
0: yeah so it's it's had an impact on you anyway even if you went back and rewatched it and hated it right made you think like it said that would be a positive i would say because it's had a lasting effect on you Um, not all movies do that even ones you like Like, movies you like that you'll go and watch and that's you done forget about it you might even not watch it again and but... not
1: all movies have an effect on everybody
0: exactly yeah exactly and that's what um even nope because I'm I'm even suggesting that I'm going to try and give it another watch clearly had some sort of effect um I think Jordan Peele's at the very least an interesting filmmaker at the least and that's yeah. that's being even maybe a wee bit harsh on him by just saying he's an interesting filmmaker but he's a He's trying things that not everyone is.
1: Right. And he's someone who I think has a very unique voice. Mm -hmm. And I love his voice. So, but when you have a unique voice, not everyone's going to love it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Spot
1: on. Unless you're Steven Spielberg. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But then he made the Ready Player One. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) 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 I enjoyed it for what it was. It had Chucky in it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Freddie as well, didn't it? And yep. Iron Giant and everybody. And <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah, here, pretty much.
1: I had a T Rex. I'm, I'm yeah, a softie for go. a good T Rex.
0: Go. The minute you saw that, that was it. Take my money.
1: Yep, a T Rex chasing <laughs> after the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Like,
0: <laughs> can't win, can you?
1: <laughs> but yeah, this has been a fun conversation i i really love how it turned into a discussion of horror icons and what it means to be an icon
0: yeah definitely i think we spoke about malignant at some point
1: um, um, a little
0: bit here and there yeah there's some <laughs> so would i die yes <laughs> <There> we <go. laughs> uh,
1: we're just getting that out of the way <laughs>
0: gabriel would 100% murder me i would be the first victim i'd be before the opening credits uh, <laughs> you maybe, and me maybe, yeah maybe not like i know horror is sometimes not great for its interpretation of minorities so i might survive maybe to midway because i'm white <laughs> like i might be lucky that way that's true <laughs> that's true especially if malignant came out in the 80s like yeah yeah i'd be fine i'd be the final guy <laughs>
1: <laughs> but now anything goes so <laughs> yeah Exactly. We'll see.
0: (laughs) Scream rewrote the rules. I am now fucked.
1: (laughs) And malignant don't give a fuck about the rules.
0: (laughs) No, no, it does not. I mean, who's the first people that Gabriel kills that we see? It's the orderlies. Seems to be a white woman. So that kind of wipes out the the final girl. And then he
1: and then he breaks that dude's arm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a a good break, that a compound fracture. I think, it breaks through the skin. Yummy. I
1: remember seeing that part in theaters being like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's a good start to the movie if I'm going like that yeah. already. <laughs>
0: yeah, 100%. So, yeah, it was great.
1: yeah. Gabriel, super easy. We would die.
0: Yeah, we well, <laughs> man. We might as well just... We just lie back, accept our fate, and let us punch a hole in our skull.
1: Yep. <clears throat> At least we're going out cool. And quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's not one of those... Uh, I'm trying to think of like an iconic slow horror death, and my first thought goes to being digested over ten thousand years in the Sarlat pit. So mm. I tried thinking oh. of horror I thought of Star Wars.
0: <laughs> um try to think the have you seen The Borderlands? No. So the Borderlands are found footage movie. Um and the it's kinda haunted, but what happens is they go underground and they end up like underground is some weird stomach of what's above them and they end up getting digested i don't know how long for but they're just in screams of pain as they're inside this thing's kind of intestines and stomach and yeah it's a good good movie by the way also very good to watch oh i want
1: to i'll check that out
0: that's that's a way to go certainly um
1: yeah, that's maybe not a situation I want to be in without Mandalorian <laughs> armor.
0: <laughs> no, maybe <laughs> Freddy playing with your veins as he throws you off a building. That'd be quite a. Freddy slow...
1: takes his time. You're right. Freddy yeah, yeah. takes his time. He does a little bit of torture. Freddy takes his time. Death in Final Destination takes his time. Jigsaw. Mm. I-, I would hate to be in one of the saw traps. Yeah, yeah.
0: Imagine that. Knowing you're going to die, pretty much. Right. Especially after three, isn't it? Right. You have no chance. Gabriel has no time for you. He just wants your corpse.
1: Exactly.
0: Takes a selfie with it next to his weird face.
1: Well, you know what? Uh, Gabriel might not even kill you because he's so preoccupied with whatever unless you're on his list. He might just Very break true, both yeah. of your arms and move on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Throw a chair at you.
1: Exactly. That's how we'll go out. We'll live, but it's because we got uh, a chair thrown at us <laughs> and... Uh, we might yes. have lived, but we died. <laughs> yeah,
0: There's I no mean, coming
1: he, back from that.
0: He kills the he kills the police officers, but that's because they're trying to shoot him. So right. it's self defense. <laughs> this is
1: he does only... go a little extra though. He could have just he could have left a little
0: earlier, but he goes extra. <laughs> yeah, he could have ran through that room and jumped out the window without batting an eyelid. And right, it wouldn't have mattered. But then he also lets the um, the police officer that's chasing him. He lives, doesn't he? Yeah. I, he looks, you know what the movie okay, never actually
1: The movie never actually uh shows if he's okay or not. He just kind of gets shot through the shoulder, I think, and then the movie never revisits him. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh we'll we'll be generous and say open
0: ended. Yeah. But we 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 yeah. Something happens to us and it never comes back to us. Exactly. we maybe, we maybe died, we maybe didn't. Probably uh yeah. well we'll find out in the sequel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll be a good opening where just sitting having my cocoa pops and Gabriel busts <laughs> through the TV and cuts my throat because why I not? didn't
1: get you last time.
0: <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Before we go, I just have to say my favorite bit real quick because it hasn't come up yet and I can't do a Malignant episode without referencing my favorite bit. It's after Gabriel kills all the cops in the police station the one woman, the one woman who is hiding, she finds our detectives and she's like, Oh, oh God, you guys are hurt. I'll, I'll get help. And she pulls out her phone and she goes, Why am I calling the police?
0: <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> yeah, like phoning 911 and it rings right. itself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's oh, great. it just goodness. gets the humor spot on. I think. It's got a great ending as well, where it's like Annabelle Wallace is trapping Gabriel within her own mind. Yeah, and it's this weird kind of psychological battle, and then the light flickers and the movie ends. <laughs> like, right? I mean, it's very open ended, and I, I mean, Gabriel probably won. But I'll be first in line for malignant too. <laughs> yep, I'll be behind you, but I won't be because that's fair place for me to go to Detroit. But I'll be in Glasgow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it as soon as we both see it. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so uh this has been lovely. I love this so much. Uh I could keep going, but it would be a bitch to edit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you very much for having me. It was good having the hour-long chat before we even started recording as well.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. With everything Jurassic Park, Star Wars, traveling, sports. It, Mm. like we became instant friends it was about exactly. like an hour before we we're like oh my god we got to start recording
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh i know my 40 year old's probably going to be up in five hours so <laughs> oh
1: yeah we'll get you to bed uh before you go <laughs> where can the people find you in your podcast
0: so the podcast is at where is nowhere um it's nowhere spelt with a k silent of course um from nowhere from guardians of the galaxy um at nowhere andy you can find my co-host larry at nowhere larry we have an instagram at road to nowhere pod and larry's also going to be starting up a new 80s to 90s action movie podcast called your move creep which i've been lucky enough to guest on um recently and as soon as that's out we'll get all that shared and liked and instead and all that Yeah, um, (laughs) and yeah, uh, as I said, yeah, wrote to nowhere's the podcast, like and subscribe is I think what they say nowadays (laughs) We don't get a lot of downloads, I just like talking movies, it's fine
1: (laughs) Well, you and me both, I love this chat and uh, I'm going to have to get you on again one day
0: I will think of what else we can talk about and then somehow move on to Human Centipede 2 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I had uh, you had to do it so now I
1: have to do it (laughs) yep (laughs) Uh, this has been so much fun thank you cheers man thank you for listening to today's episode thanks again to Andy for joining me to talk about Malignant definitely check out his podcast Road to Nowhere it's a lot of fun A reminder that next week, March 1st, 2023, I am launching the Would You Die podcast Patreon. This little podcast has been blessed with an amazing support this past year, and it's time for it to grow even further. If you love this podcast, I really hope you consider joining once it is up and running. On this segment of I Know What You Watched Last Week, in which I tell you about the films I've watched last week, I only watch one horror film. It was the 1981 French horror film Possession, starring Sam Neill in one of his earliest roles. Possession is a dark and violent, but also mesmerizing and thought-provoking film with some of the most powerful close-ups I've ever seen put to screen. I did watch a horror TV show, and that was Mike Flanagan's The Haunting of Hill House. I've never seen it before, but I finally have, and I was blown away, but also not surprised at all that I was blown away since I love everything Mike Flanagan has done. I love the casting characters and the show structure, plus, I think Haunting of Hill House has some of the best horror moments and jump scares I've seen, especially from a TV show. And of course, the Last of Us continues to be 10 out of 10 television, with episode six delivering the best performance from Pedro Pascal yet. If you're interested in this part of the podcast, follow me at letterbox at Taurus AU so you can see all the movies I log and see my little reviews. You can find the show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. Also, now you can follow me on TikTok at Would You Die Podcast, but it's become mostly shitposts of gizmo dancing to random music I find. You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can also find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend, Josie Palmer. Next week's episode, you'll want to stay away from the sewers, because we are revisiting Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Until next time, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.